0: in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: Yes, it's the Bar Sports
0: on a Sunday
1: morning. bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Bar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Silicon. wins. Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio,
2: Tom Ackerman.
1: Today is the day, AFC Championship, Kansas City at Baltimore. They'll kick off at 2 o'clock here on KMOX. We'll have the pregame at 1.00. Then the NFC Championship, which you will be able to see on Fox tonight, 5.30 kickoff, Detroit at San Francisco. I'll give you my picks for both of those, and we'll break those games down at the end of the show at 11.45. If you listen to sports on a Sunday morning, you kind of know the routine. We love to talk to the big newsmakers, the big executives in town. If you are a first-timer to this show, we really appreciate it. I'll tell you a little bit about it. It is one of the longest-running sports shows in America. We've been doing it since the 60s, and we have had the biggest names come on the show. In fact, if you listen to the show regularly, you can tell the newcomers kind of what's to come here. You get the pattern. 1030, we talked to St. Louis University coach Travis Ford, and if he's not available, something on the topic of SLU. At 1045, the Blues have supplied us Doug Armstrong, Drew Bannister, uh, Chris Zimmerman and we rotate really through those guests to get the very latest on the Blues. They own that ten forty-five slot uh, to eleven fifteen. It's soccer from here on out. With yesterday or last week, we talked about the Gent Men's Fashion Week that is coming. Uh, to City Park. This week, it's the big guys in, man. Uh, with the president, Diego Gigliani, the sporting director, Lutz Fanensteel as we discuss the upcoming schedule for them, CONCACAF Champions Cup coming up for them, as well as their MLS opener on February 24th. 11.30 belongs to John Moselock, and it has for a long time. I had somebody ask me that the other day, like, does Moselock really come on every week at 11.30? It's always available to him, and I'd say 90% of the time he's available to do it. And accepts and does it and enjoys, I think, for the most part, uh, being on the show and talking about what's going on with his team and answering questions uh, directly about his team. We'll do that here at 11:30. He's going to join us again. And 11:45, we usually leave it loose and do a couple of uh, fun interviews or. Uh, we hit to hard kind of what's coming up. We circle back, and that's when we will talk about the AFC and NFC championships. But as I mentioned, this is soccer right now. And coming up for City, it's a new season. After Western Conference regular season went their way, they were bounced early. By sporting KC in the playoffs, Coach Bradley Carnell ready to get back at it.
3: No uh, changes from what we did last season. You know, first uh, initial phase of the preseason, go against ourselves um, and kind of set the precedent for our principles, um, and then put them on display against other teams. So last year was Philadelphia, this year is Nashville. Um, so both sets of teams caused certain problems, and and we grew from that. And we thought that we had really good matches against those uh, uh, against that group last year. Um, so that kind of set the tone for the direction of what we believe in and and where we can get some sort of trends on where we together as a group. Right. So we believe we've come some way since then. um, And it's almost business like usual. So it's just a different year, 2024 now, and uh, we go against Nashville. What is Carnell looking for? Structure, principles. um, You know, we want to see, yeah, what we've been working on um, in training and uh, some of the new little pieces of information that we've given to the players, see how they... Interpreted and, and executed. So, you know, that's going to be put up to the test tomorrow without um, changing who we are and uh, within our confines of, of how we are built against the ball. You know, we, we're looking to add a few uh, different layers uh, to what we do. Cities Azil Jackson
1: felt ready.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I, we started earlier as well, you know, so I feel like my legs are under me, but also having that experience of like, Um, Being with the national team and then coming back to the club makes me feel more um, comfortable as well, but also makes me want to push harder, Um, just trying to be a a good teammate and also um, do what we're supposed to do in St. Louis as well. So I do feel more comfortable and feel more ready.
1: That first preseason match ended 2-2 against Nashville SC. What about the difference from last year? Here's Jackson. Last
4: year, I was coming off of uh, MLS Next Pro season, going into um, being a first-team player, uh, strictly so. Way different. Um, and, and that's just how soccer is, how um, a player's career is. You know, every year, you have stepstones, you have downs, you have really high ups. So, you know, just taking it all in.
1: He mentioned the U.S. men's national team.
4: Man, I was just a just to... Uh, represent my country, I have my family there. You know, just connecting with Greg, uh, Greg and Marco, coaches, and BJ, Mikey, um, that were there. So, I mean, Greg, uh, Greg's from Jersey. I'm from Jersey. You know, um, it was it was great to get on the field for however minutes it was, just to um, represent my country it was a blessing.
1: Received a ball from the team as well,
4: and uh, they give um, each new senior debut player a ball. Uh, showing like what number you were out of all the players that play for the national team, um, like, and I was the 871st player to make my senior debut for the national team. And as of now, I guess I'm the actual last player, just because I was the last player to get in the game. Um, so that was tremendous. It was it was a great feeling, you know, just having that ball. Uh, it says "Welcome to the Brotherhood," and it makes you feel super at
1: home. That's pretty great. That'll be a big boost to Jackson's confidence moving forward. St. Louis city SC. We're going to talk about them next with the president of the team, Diego Gigliani, as well as sporting director Lutz, fan and Steel. They have both called in. They are both on the line and we will have them live next on KMOX. Welcome back to the show. It is great to have with us from St. Louis City SC, first of all, their president and general manager, Diego Giuliani, joining us. And Diego, it's great to have you on. Now, I've met you. You have spoken at the Jack Buck Awards and other great uh, ceremonies, baseball writers' dinner as well. But the first time you came on KMOX, we talked about the pronunciation of your name, and you said there are multiple ways to pronounce it. I'd like for our audience to hear you. How do you prefer it, Diego?
2: Hey, Tom. Good morning to you. Morning. Um, yeah, I, I think the um, the way I usually hear it being said in the U.S. is Gigliani with a strong G, mm-hmm. but the Italian way to pronounce it would be Gigliani.
1: Awesome. So I think I do have that correct, and uh, I, I like saying that myself. So I'm going to drop uh, both hard Gs and say Gigliani. Uh, and I appreciate exactly. you being with us. Uh, first of all, before I get to our man, Lutz Fanensteel, who owns this 1115 slot for the entire season, and you're always welcome to join us, and we really appreciate this, let me just ask you how that first year went for you. You came along uh, and joined MLS's 29th team and uh, caught that wave, and they had uh, some year, didn't they?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's definitely been a year of uh, surpassing expectations for the club, hopefully for the fans but also for me, you know, I knew that I was coming to a new team that had aspirations to, to achieve a lot uh, with a great vision and some great people involved, but I think it, it surprised all of us to see how quickly that team was able to start making an impact on the pitch and off the pitch.
1: Lutz Van the is Sporting Director of St. Louis City SC. It's great to have you back. We talked a lot about this team and expectations. You were very confident that this team was going to play well together and connected. First of all, great to have you back on KMOX. And secondly, how do you review the 2023 season?
5: Yeah, Tom, thanks for having me back. Uh, always a pleasure, of course. Yeah, you know, um, it's good to look back, uh, I think, one more time today. Uh, great season. Uh, I think we exceeded expectations. Everybody was happy. But uh, the, the end uh, was not was not so pleasant. I think that's something want to build on. But as I said, uh, now it's 2024. It's uh, no point anymore to look back at, at what we did right or wrong last season. It's time to look forward. New season is coming. Um, yeah, I think that's the most important thing that uh, 2023 is past, and we need to look forward. When
1: I talked uh, the last segment, we played a clip from Bradley Carnell, and he was asked, what are you looking for to start this preseason? And he said structure. That is his key right now, where are we there? What do you think about that, and how is this team put together and ready to play? same style as last year?
5: Yeah, you know the style is something uh non negotiable I mean that's our, our our bread and butter that's our value that's uh, how we define ourselves so there will be there will be no no big changes at all from that. I think that's why people coming out there because they they like they like that. They like our way of grinding, our our hardworking approach. So I think that uh, there will be no big surprises there. Of course, there is always little tweaks where you can improve. What you want to do different, where you want to surprise the opponent. But uh, for me, uh, and for us as a as a as a sporting department, it's all about to to figure out where we could improve. Uh, you know, uh, on certain positions on the field, uh, where did we see certain weaknesses, and where could we upgrade? Uh, What's the opportunities out on the market where we can get uh, on points better? And uh, that's what we did uh, during the off season. Uh, A lot of work, a lot of detail. Um, And we brought a few guys in, so uh, they're all ready to rumble. First training camp is done, and the next one is coming. So uh, it's also a challenge for all the old guys and for the new guys now to, to see who are the best 11.
1: Lutz Steele, and Diego Giuliani joining us on KMOX. And before we get into the first uh, big game, which will be the CONCACAF Champions Cup before MLS starts, Lutz, back to you. And you know, I think, what my next question will be, and that is the departure of Nico. Uh, How do you replace that uh, type of player at striker? Right now I see Klaus, I see Idinerin, who scored uh, against Nashville uh, in the preseason game over the weekend.
5: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, I think we have to dive a bit deeper there. I mean, yes, you know, losing Nico uh, is uh, um, not easy. I mean, he was one of our top strikers last season. It uh, was a great pick on the on the draft, and um, he got this opportunity to go to Europe, and it was something uh, uh, which was a, a good deal for us as well. Um, but uh, we have a lot of players on the current squad who actually play that position. Rasmus Alm, uh, Torison, that's all guys who are naturally playing that position. Uh, we had last year, too, at the end of the season, if you remember, uh, Jackson played actually uh, ahead of uh, Nico some games on that position as well. So there is a lot of opportunities there. We still, of course, uh, always looking at the market with uh, two eyes, 100 ears, and lots of other uh, things out there to, to know exactly what, what options are out there and what options are not possible for us. But uh, that's the way we're looking at it right now.
1: And uh, John Moselock for listeners, the president of baseball operations, is going to join us right after this as he continues to scan the market for anything that could happen here before their season gets started. Both games are going to start the same day. The Cardinals will play spring training down in Florida on February 24th. And the MLS opener at City Park is February 24th. But... Before that, the CONCACAF Champions Cup, they have qualified for that because they were the Western Conference regular season champions. And Diego, it is a big deal. It gives you the opportunity to compete against some of the best teams in North America and the Caribbean. Tell us about the prestige of this tournament.
2: Yeah, it is important to... uh to get to know all these different competitions, because I understand it's a a new team in the MLS, but also it's not just the MLS. You you compete in the Open Cup, you compete in the Leagues Cup, and now we're competing in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. This is the equivalent of the Champions League in Europe, which is definitely going to be well-known for those that follow soccer more globally. Uh, But for those that don't, this is a, a regional competition that takes the best clubs in North America, Central America, and the Caribbean, And they all compete in a tournament to decide who is the best team in North America, Central America, and the Caribbean. You know, it's a competition that has been around for over sixty, for almost sixty years. Uh, So it's a very prestigious competition. Not everyone competes in it. You have to earn your way into it, as we did. Uh, So we're, we're we're thrilled to be debuting in this competition. Uh, after only one season uh, in existence.
1: You'll play the Houston Dynamo on February 20th at 7 o'clock at City Park. Houston qualified for being the U.S. Open Cup winner, and then you'll play them down at Shell Energy Stadium on February 27th for a late one at 9.30. I know there are many benefits to this, and I'll circle back to you, Diego, on that, but how do you see it, Lutz, the CONCACAF Champions Cup from your perspective?
5: Yeah, it's a, it's a great honor for us. You know, it's a competition where the first time we actually could qualify, we did. So being there immediately uh, and, and starting the season with such an important international competition is great. I think uh, all the players looking forward to that. That's what you really play for, not just to play league games or to play domestic cup games, but to be part of an international competition, to measure yourselves with the best again, not just in the country, but also on the continent is a unique opportunity for us, and uh, yeah, we definitely are up for that one.
1: What about the financial benefits of it, Diego? And and for that matter, how is the team financially? I would imagine in a still in a very good spot.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, a financially, a sports teams, and I'd say especially in the MLS, it's not yet a case where the clubs are primarily profitable. Uh, so that's the first thing I would say. And and I would say, thankfully, we've got ownership group that is long-term oriented and has already proven because of the major investments they've made, not just to bring the license and the franchise here to uh, St. Louis, but also to build the amazing stadium, which hopefully many listeners have been able to come to. Uh, But this is a long-term project for them. This is about giving back to St. Louis and making St. Louis a better place to live and work. Uh, And that's how we have to measure it, not just financially.
1: And for your perspective, Lutz, on that, uh, you know, we talk about game plans for matches, uh, your game plan from the get go was to grow this from its foundation and to build upon that and add pieces along the way. But what is your overall philosophy for the next several years in that way? How do you see that growing? And was that successful? Because this wasn't just year one. You actually have been at this for a few years.
5: Yeah, you made a lot of uh, talks about that, you know, and it's not always about that. Uh, that one-hit wonder, that uh, first moment of success, and then you somehow disappear in the middle of nowhere. So I think we had a good plan from the start, uh, focusing on, on youth and academy football, and then bringing in the City 2, where we also won the conference in year one, like really step by step. And having that, uh, that good success last season, of course, uh, makes expectations a little bit higher, but I think it's important to, to stick to our plan, and the plan is to grow uh, the club organically, uh, you know, to to become a constant playoff contender, to be a team who who plays the right football, uh, who who actually, as you said, to or uh, Bradley said it, the structure to bring in uh, not every year ten new players, but to only bring in a handful of players and and grow it organically. And yeah, of course, uh, you know, 2024, we want to confirm what we did last year. We want to prove to ourselves and also to the rest of the country again that it was not just that a Guinness luck or that first year uh, and then uh, we are just an ordinary team we still want to want to play our football and we want to we want to also give the people a, a, a good experience here in the stadium so for us 24 is definitely a, a very important year uh, but as you said 25 26 in the years to come we want to be a very solid team, a team which yeah, which yes, is always on the lookout to get better, to improve. And to be competitive is the most important thing. We said it last year. If you are competitive, you can win lots of games. If you work hard, you will win lots of games. And that's what we're trying to do this year again.
1: Lutz, both of you outlined the CONCACAF Champions Cup to go back to that as being such great competition to see where you stand with some of the best teams around. If people are wondering, can an MLS team win this? The answer is yes. Uh, Seattle won it in
5: 22, Lutz. How did they do that? By uh, playing good football and beating a Mexican team, which usually the Mexican teams are normally winning the competitions and then qualifying for the World Club Championship, which is uh, one of the, the biggest competitions in the world of football. So, you know, that's another thing uh, everybody has their eyes on, uh, to play one day if you win the competition. You play against Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Manchester City. Uh, that's that's uh, something which is suddenly we are competing in a competition which is one step away uh, from the big international uh, competition as well. So uh, Seattle did it. Uh, LAFC nearly did it. And looking at the way the MLS has developed, looking at the way the MLS brings in more and more Top international players, I think uh, the future is definitely bright for the for the MLS teams to win another competition in the Champions Cup.
1: Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, Toronto won it, Montreal and Real Salt Lake back in 2011. Uh, five MLS clubs have made it to the final, and we'll see. St. Louis playing on February 20th, Diego. Just the last thing for you: uh, tickets. How are they going? And I would imagine if people think that they can't get a ticket, that's probably not true. I think there's still an opportunity to grab a ticket to that, isn't there?
2: There absolutely is, and this is one of the advantages of being in more competitions. You know, we know how many people want to come to City Park, and many people have not been able to make it last year. Uh, and this is a great chance very early in the season, first home match this season. A tickets still available, so if you go on the website, you'll be able to buy them. I think last I checked, they were starting at you know 40 or $50, Uh, So for those that have always wanted to come over to City Park and haven't been able to get it, this is your chance.
1: That's awesome. Uh, February 20th at City Park, it's St. Louis against Houston, 7 o'clock in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Gentlemen, it is great to hear both of your voices back on KMOX. We look forward to a great season. We'll dive into some MLS talk as we get a little closer to your opener. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Great to have Diego Giuliani and Lutz Vandensteel back on KMOX. Y98 is going to be the home of City, but, of course, we're the home of all the discussion, and occasionally we hear some games as well. We'll be back with someone who is no stranger to KMOX, the president of baseball operations of the St. Louis Cardinals, John Mozalock. Okay, picture this.
0: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Five, next. Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Great to be joined by John Moselock, live on KMOX, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations. Good morning, Mo. How are you? I'm doing well, and you? Doing great. Uh, ready for baseball. I know there's still some time before we get this thing going. Have any guys, well, a lot of them live down there, don't they? But uh, I, I'll bet you that they have reported to you that they're going to get down there early, well before the February 13th date.
6: Yeah, from what I, I'm – right now I know we have about five or six guys working out there consistently, and then I suspect you're going to start to see more players start to arrive probably uh as early as tomorrow um but yeah usually that uh two weeks leading up you you start to get a lot of people getting anxious and getting going but i also have heard some position players are probably going to show up you know more like um that week following the super bowl so there's still uh there's still some guys trying to figure out when they're going but I would imagine if you're down in Jupiter in a week, you'll see a lot of activity down there uh, on the fields.
1: You bet. Uh, the last dance for the old complex on university. This is it. Last last thing. Are you going to tear it down uh, on March 25th?
6: So, no, actually. <laughs> I, I can give you a little update give on that. Give me an update. Uh, yeah, right now, um, given all the things that we've been through, the likelihood will be to push this back until um, sometime in April of 2025. And really, we, we were running really, you know, into a lot of headwinds, too, with trying to determine like where our Florida State League teams would play. When I, when I say us, or we, I mean the Marlins and the Cardinals. And then we were also struggling to relocate our, our complex league team. So ultimately what we're going to do is is do it over about 18-month period where – There'll be renovations, but we won't have to relocate those four teams. And uh, so basically when you're down there this year, it'll be very much business as usual. I would imagine next year you'll see some things a little different when you're in camp, but obviously uh, the time you get there in in 2026, it'll look uh, dramatically different.
1: Gotcha. And this is the second time that you pushed it back, right? Because there was some talk about... Oh, it.
6: you could argue it's about the four. But, <laughs> <laughs> but net net, I mean, a you want to get it right, and and B, um, you know, you, you have to do it in, in a in a process because you're dealing with city, county, and state. So it's, um, you know, when you're dealing with three different municipalities, it's, it gets a little complicated.
1: So, so people understand, we're talking about the Cardinals' clubhouse, which is located beyond right field. Uh, the Marlins, I know you're not going to speak for them, but uh, what do you know about that side of it and and then the stadium itself? Uh, that yeah. it, It's all different pieces.
6: Yes and no. When, when I mean, obviously, I, I can speak on behalf of the Marlins here in terms of, like, you know, we both have to go into this together. Right. So um, in terms of, of the scope of each project, they might look a little different, but, you know, the overall goal is to... A, create more space because, um, as everybody knows, this, this opened in back in 1998 and what was required or, or, or needed to, for baseball training looks a lot different today than back then. And so really it's just about trying to create a larger footprint for uh, a gym, training room, just sort of normal space that we've outgrown over, over the years. And so, you know, hopefully we're able to accomplish that.
1: Yeah. There's a lot going on down there. Looking forward to getting down there and seeing everybody. I I think for the rest of our time here, my theme really here is contingency plans. If you know where I'm going. So, you know, I think I get, I'm not saying you're not going to add another starter here. You never know. I mean the market, something could happen that you see something you like, but pretty much what I understand is you have your five starters I want to start there. We kind of went down this road last time we talked, is what happens if. So my guess here is that at the front of the line or near the front of the line is Zach Thompson. Based on what you saw last year down the stretch, his ability to not only get strikeouts but to record outs was a big deal to you.
6: Yeah, I think like when people are sort of trying to determine like what's our depth for the rotation, I would put Limitor front and center. I would put... Um, Thompson front and center, and I would put Drew Rom front and center. Um, you know, we're, we're hoping that that we can go into camp and, and we can break with, you know, Gray, Gibby, Lynn, Matt, and Mike lists in terms of being our, our starting five. But yeah, you, you know, other people are going to get used or need it throughout the course of the year. And then I would also say I feel like, you know, guys that maybe aren't on everybody's radar yet, but the Graceffos and the Grieveys of the world, um, you know, this is a big year for them. Because um, it's, you know, they're on the, the brink of, of knocking on the door. But, you know, I think last year they both came into camp with pretty high expectations and didn't maybe necessarily have quite the years they'd hoped. But, you know, talking with those guys recently, know they understand what's at stake this year and they also realize that they're they're pretty close so super excited about that group and then i'd also you know touch a little bit on on roby who we acquired in the trade for uh, montgomery and you know still feel like he's someone that uh, um can also be knocking on the door at some point this year Uh, so you know fingers crossed that these guys have nice camps and then uh really successful campaigns at triple I
1: looking forward to seeing them in person. Sam Roberts as well, looking forward to seeing these guys that you were able to acquire at the deadline. And then for bullpen, let me start with Graceffo. Does he profile as a possible reliever? If, if the starters, uh, if the starting thing doesn't work out,
6: I think so. Um, I mean, obviously he's probably one of those guys that if, um, if he's pitching out of the bullpen, his fastball would definitely play up, meaning you know more in the, the hundred mile an hour range. Um, big arm. I, I, you know, I saw him recently and and was talking with him. And I, you know, look, he's going to come into camp looking for innings, and he should. But I do think um, if we needed some help and we felt like, you know, trying to create a little bit more horsepower in the bullpen he is someone that I think to get a look there as well.
1: You had on the back end, Ryan Helsley, although he missed 70 games, that was a big loss. Having him back uh, certainly helps along with Jojo Romero. Giovanni Gallegos can close games out. I'm curious about Kittredge and where you see him. You picked up a guy who was an all-star. And typically when you come back from a surgery like he had, it takes a little time, but you can get stronger, can't you? I mean, I I think you probably have some high hopes for Kittredge.
6: Oh, we do. Um, I don't think we make that deal if it's, you know, we didn't think he was someone that could be in the mix. And I, I also feel like he's, you know, someone coming from Tampa understands that, that you're not necessarily having a, a defined role. And I think that that will fit us well because I do think traditionally the Cardinals like to have their ninth, their eighth, and their seventh defined. But having someone that's not afraid to pitch in any of those three, that should be a good resource for us.
1: I talked to Nick Robertson at the warm-up. I like him, no nonsense dude. You know he's ready to go. Uh, he, he's the one that you got in the Tyler O'Neill deal, and then uh, Ryan Fernandez also was on Boston's roster, a Rule Five pick. I'm curious. I don't just I just don't know enough about him. Can you describe him and, and where you see him?
6: Yeah. So these guys both have 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 really good arms, and you know the one thing that we were. We always kind of get a little nervous when we do the whole Rule Five, just because you're, you know, you're forced to, to keep them on your roster. But just really with his pitch mix and and what we saw from him last year, and 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 really feel like he kind of stumbled a little bit last year at one point. And so we think if we can get him right, um, obviously our pitching coaches have already taken a look at him, and uh, we definitely feel like we can help.
1: And then a couple other guys I wanted to bring up are Riley O'Brien. Should we fall in love with his? strikeout rate of 10.3 in the minors and josh james who gets a minor league deal he's 30 years old but uh, he has a history of throwing it pretty hard
6: he does so it's starting with james you know that was really just something that um he's currently was throwing for clubs and we we look at him and, and thought that you know give him a chance um at one point in his career he was really really good um, and and so trying to catch a little lightning in a bottle for sure um, that would definitely be the hope so I, I feel like, like we have a lot of just new faces in, in our on our pitching side and you know candidly the way we played last year we felt like we had to do that and um, you know I think overall on our 40man roster I think from a pitching standpoint we we have like 12 new names 12 yeah. new players, so um, hopefully they're able to make an impact for
1: us. Yeah, a lot to sort through. And then if I may, uh, looking at the outfield, I see Newt Bar, Edmund, Walker. Edmund, I'm assuming, is fine. He comes off that October surgery and is ready to go. Your fourth outfielder being Dylan Carlson. Let's play the contingency conversation here. Where do you see things beyond those four?
6: Well, I think obviously... When you look at how it's set up, I, I think you know obviously Burley's going to come in and be looking for at bats, and he should. Um, you know, th- there is a, a group of people in our organization that really think he has a chance to be an elite hitter. Now, you know, we really haven't seen it at the major league level. Um, Part of that's just been inconsistent playing time. Part of that's been um, you know trying, I think, chase hits at some point. So camp's going to matter for him. Um, but clearly when you look at sort of the way we're, we're set up, you know, Dylan Carlson's probably the guy that's going to get a lot of, of at bats because he can play all three outfield positions.
1: Right. Um, continuing this to the middle infield, we know who the corners are, uh, the middle infield of Gorman slash Donovan at second base and Wynn, who has not made the team as the starting shortstop, but he's going to get an opportunity to do that. Uh, how is your depth there?
6: Well, I think our depth is, is strong. I mean, I, I think that was really the importance of, you know, trying to wrap up Tommy Edmond, because I think he gives you, you know, protection both in center and at short. Um, and then, you know, depending on who's playing on that given day, um, the other one will probably be getting some DH opportunities. So, you know, we pretty good about our everyday lineup. Um, you know, obviously, uh, gotta get down there and start playing, but, uh, Definitely am, am excited about what we're seeing. And then lastly,
1: catcher Contreras, does he get more innings, more games than uh, than he's had in, in a good portion of his career with Herrera back there? Or does Herrera, is he right? I mean, you, obviously you have him backing him up, so you feel like Herrera can do this at this level.
6: Yeah, and I think in, in this particular case, Contreras can get some, some DH opportunities as well. Um, but Herrera... You know being as young as he is we are going to have to try to find him at bats and and innings behind the plate because uh you know you don't want someone at his age just literally being solely like backup where you're not getting real playing time and a very talented guy and then another young man that we added to the to the roster too was a uh, uh Pius mm-hmm. he's a really good defensive catcher and he'll be fun to just see where he is offensively this year.
1: Yeah, I was impressed with Pies, uh, no doubt about it. Hey, John, thank you so much for this. I appreciate it. We kept you a little longer than usual, but thanks for sorting out all those names and, and spots, and we'll catch up with you real soon. Thank you. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's John Moselock with us on KMOX. When we come back, our picks, my picks, uh, for the AFC. Well, Drew, you can pick if you want. AFC, NFC Championship Games are today. It has arrived. Back after this. And a key block by the left guard,
0: Tom Ackerman. And right here, let's go downstairs to Bonnie. Marv, if you remember that uh, big run Robert Holcomb had on the first drive, one of the guys responsible on help busting him loose was Tom Ackerman. Tom
1: Ackerman up front, and this is a unit that has played very well. A good night for Eddie George. 21 carries, 74 yards. The left guard, Tom Ackerman, with the block that, that set him free. It's a first down. Drew, I think you're right. I think Super Bowl weekend, we need to have Tom Ackerman on, the former center in the NFL, selected by the Saints in the fifth round of the 1996 draft out of Eastern Washington. He played for the Saints from 96 to 2001, played for the Titans in 02 and 03. 105 games played in his career, started 21 of them. And you heard Marv Albert and Bonnie Bernstein singing the praises of Tom Ackerman for the Saints and the Titans. The Titans in particular right there. That was a Monday night game on KMOX back in the day. Anyway, it is time. Let's get down to business. Let's talk about game number one, the AFC Championship, the Chiefs at the Ravens. Folks, this is going to be billed as the Battle of the Quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes going into Lamar Jackson's house and the two going head-to-head. That is not the case. The story is how will each of them handle an outstanding defense. These two defenses are excellent. They are one and two in the NFL in points allowed per game. Baltimore number one in the league, 16.5 points allowed per game. The Chiefs number two. 17.3 per game. The Ravens are a four and a half point favorite. This line has moved and it started at three and it moved to three and a half. And then it went to four and now it's four and a half. And the reason for that is that people are putting money on the Ravens. So they keep moving the line a little bit, inch by inch to see if you will bite. And guess what? I'm biting. (laughs) I just I've had a change of heart and I think the Ravens absolutely should win this game. They're at home and all the pressures on them, but they'll play great. They're tough. They're awesome. But folks, there's something in my gut that says that Patrick Mahomes is not going to let them lose. And I know this is going to come down to the Chiefs defense doing enough to keep him in the game and that he's going to pull a rabbit out of the hat just like they did in Buffalo. He didn't miss the field goal, but he did have him in position to win. And I think that they are going to do this again. Now, the Ravens may win this game, but i if I were putting a dollar on the game, I would take the Chiefs <laughs> plus four and a half. I, okay. did my gut feeling at the last minute, I'm changing course. Okay? For the other one, Detroit at San Francisco, I felt this way a week ago before Detroit and Tampa Bay even played. I think that it didn't matter who won that game. They were going to get trounced by San Francisco, and I feel the same way today. 49ers are a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, and I love them in this football game. And, yes, I am basing that on the fact that they snuck by Green Bay 24-21. I know that they know they got away with one, but they are good enough to get away with one there. This time, they're not going to let it get that close. 49ers are dynamite. They have great linebackers. They have dynamic receivers. They have one of the best running backs, if not the best, in all of football, and Christian McCaffrey. He's not even a running back. He's just an offensive player. He's a running back. He's a receiver. He is a beast. And Brock Purdy, who will have pressure on him, but he can make plays too when needed. And I think the 49ers win this game by more than seven and a half. I've got him giving the Detroit Lions seven and a half on the road at San Francisco or more aptly and correctly, Santa Clara. Yes, sir. I wouldn't
6: mind a rematch of uh, 49ers-Ravens, you know? It'd be good. Power outage. It'd be good. You wouldn't see
1: Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl, (laughs) uh, which would be a spectacle, but uh, it would be Ravens and 49ers. We'll see. Is that who you got? Yeah, that's my pick. All right. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the games.